Welcome to Accelerate Your Wealth, a podcast by Rebecca Robertson, founder and director of Evolution Financial Planning. This season, we'll be covering all things wealth, from owning it to maximizing it. For further information, or if you'd like help accelerating your wealth directly, please do contact us. Head over to our website, www.rebeccarobertsonevo.co.uk. So for this podcast show, we're going to be talking to a gentleman that really knows his stuff when it comes to how you can invest ethically. Um, And I'll be introducing you to Patrick in just a moment. Um, The title of this show is all around, can ethically investing change the world? Now, why am I asking this question? I feel that women will be able to make better decisions when it comes to creating financial plans and investing and looking at their financial future if it meant hang on a minute you could do this and actually have an impact on people's world world the world not just your children's but the whole world that you actually have a buying power that you didn't even know existed So this isn't just a case of you should invest for your future for 10 years or 20 years time. This is you should invest to achieve your long term objectives, but also could have a a positive impact on the planet. Now, that could mean that we reduce the wealth gap, that women have more money in retirement. We can make better financial decisions, leave jobs earlier, leave partners without feeling the stress that we've got no financial backup and many other reasons. So in this series of Ethical Investing podcast, I'm going to be introducing you to some super interesting people. And today we're going to kick off with Patrick, who is a wealth management expert. So I'm joined today by the lovely Patrick and I've worked with Patrick for a few years now and he was top of my list to come and talk to me about this subject. So Patrick is head of environmental and social governance investing at Canaccord. Welcome, Patrick. Thank you for having me. Now I'm looking forward to this. I always learn something new when I talk to you um, and you've come to do a couple of presentations to a couple of different groups with me and every time I learn something new so I'm really looking forward to hear what you've got to say today. Now I've got a couple of questions we're going to lead off with and we're just going to see where it where we end up. Um, Investing ethically is a subject that is very passionate for you right this is something you've done for a number of years obviously you're head of a department running it um so what got you into this particular area what interests you personally yeah so i think there's, there's two bits of this that really interest me that one that clearly the world has problems um involving sustainability be that kind of um using less carbon be that having cleaner water be it having cleaner air um be it having kind of more a more sustainable kind of food system um and the thing the important thing is really that we think that the way to solve those problems is through innovating in ideas that are providing kind of solutions so how do we get cleaner water how do we get cleaner air how do we um have a less carbon intensive world how can we create more food that is healthier for people um, while still being kind of tasty. Um, These are the kind of questions that have always really kind of interested me. Um, And from a kind of investment perspective, um, it's a great way of kind of bringing finance and the real world together. So real world investing for real people. Amazing. And is is it right that you still ride your bike to work every day? 
oh, you know what? I'm, I'm not as good as that as I should be. Um, and my wife doesn't like me riding on the road so much, actually. So yeah. I'm not an everyday bike rider, but I should be really. And I certainly was before it was cool. So there you go. <laughs> uh, I can just imagine. I could just imagine. Uh, so what is the future of ethical investing, do you think? What do you think the roadmap has changed a lot over the last three years, I think quite considerably. So where do you think it's going to lead? Yeah, so I think the the frame of ethical investing has really changed quite substantially. Um, and the frame that people used to have in this area was very much a this is good and this is bad type of view of investing. And um, that meant there were some kind of sectors and companies that were completely out of bounds. Um, but actually, it didn't do much actually for the world and making the world a more sustainable place and making it a better place to live for people. Yes, avoiding investing in kind of tobacco and weapons um, is a probably a morally good thing to do. Um, but you've not made the world better by just not your investment not being in that. So actually, we think it's changing quite substantially to a world in terms of how much of an impact can you have by what you're investing in rather than what you're not investing in. So can you invest in um, companies that are making the air cleaner? And can you invest in companies that are um, making energy from the sun? Can you invest in kind of um, alternatives to milk that are, that are um, making um, world, the world less kind of water intensive? Can you, the, are there lots of areas that you can help um, help the world actually positively rather than just avoiding um, what's perceived to be bad? And I think that's the big shift that um, the, the, the world has started to make actually in terms of investing, um, but we're still very, very early in that journey. So um, it's, it's just really exciting. Definitely. Yeah. And I've, I've noticed that quite considerably. But with that, what I'm noticing is a lot of buzzwords, a lot of, uh, you know, we are socially, um, in, in ethically doing this, and we are doing that. Um, and, you, you, but they're, to me, it feels a bit fluffy. I don't want to make it sound in a derogatory way. I'm not suggesting they're greenwashing, but I do feel like how can they really be very clear that the companies that they're investing in aren't just ticking a box so they meet a certain standard, therefore it's okay to sort of say they're roundabout ethical. Um, and there are some good examples of that. For example, I think Microsoft is a fantastic example, which you've gave uh, previously when I did a, a talk somewhere. Um, and I think it was actually with a client, actually. Um, and I thought it was a really good example because they sort of tick a lot of boxes in terms of their governance. Um, obviously, they're a tech company, but, you know, they do invest a lot in U US Army. So, but, so when it comes to that impact piece, are the company, the investment firm, the, the firm that are choosing whether this particular company fund, what, the companies that are in the funds are ethical or not, what are their standards and every firm seems to have a different standard and they're using a lot of different buzzy words it's almost like it's become if you if you don't have this sort of ethical piece and you're not jumping on that bandwagon that then you know you're not the like you talk about bikers and they're being you know it's the cool thing to do it just feels like it's a little bit like it's the cool thing to do everyone's doing it we should we should do something too and tick that box 
yeah so i think that the piece with that and the way we would kind of help frame that would be think about what a company actually does and how a company makes money so um a company like microsoft makes money from its technology and it can help the world by using more renewable energy to make that technology so that's the way to kind of think about that so um but primarily it's still a technology company and it just might be a bit more environmentally friendly than other technologies because technology companies because of um the way it's choosing to access kind of um power so yeah. that's kind of a way to think about that but you can think about other companies where their actual purpose and the actual way that they make profits is from doing something sustainable so think about companies making um batteries companies make that are going into electric vehicles companies that are electric vehicle companies um you can clearly see that what that company does is um environmentally positive um or a company making so solar panels and we think that's the way to think about it what does a company actually do how does a company make its money um and you can say very easily um whether that is or isn't um helping the world become a more sustainable place totally and there's a lot of gray right so that you mentioned batteries so what's what's your thoughts on the disposal of those batteries for example yeah so i think the thing is that and i think the best thing to the best phrase i could use to describe it would be saying perfectionism is probably just a way of procrastinating okay so if you're looking for the perfect investment that has absolutely no um downsides for the world it really doesn't exist so you can get companies that do um incredible things for the world through the products that they have but that are not very nice places to work and maybe not be the most diverse places to work and maybe have other things that are, that are not so nice so i think right. it's very difficult to find that kind of um perfection but what yeah. i think you can say with something like um an electric vehicle ultimately taking um internal combustion vehicles off the road and replacing them with electric vehicles does a huge amount for um carbon emission re reduction yeah. so just it's just an unqualified good and yeah. um the disposal of those batteries while it's kind of in environmentally problematic and harmful um it's not nearly enough to offset the positives of just taking that much um carbon off the roads and so what changes have you seen in the last year from businesses and the, maybe the ethical investing environment especially over the the pandemic when it comes to this shift that we're starting to see because i'm sure you've you've seen large corporate firms make different strategy decisions and then that affects obviously their share price that affects how investors view them what have you seen over the last year yeah so generally i mean i think this is governments and companies and i think that the amount of governments worldwide and the amount of companies worldwide that have committed to a net zero target um by um 2030 is pretty large um yeah. so you kind of and clearly like whether you're going to take that um seriously or not um you have had a big shift in kind of governments and corporates that this matters so that's the first point that that we would kind of 
bring out. Ultimately, companies have said that they're going to do something about this. And actually, um, they are increasingly remunerating um, key personnel to make sure that happens. I.e., if you're the CEO, you might have a target, a part of your remuneration that is involved with um, your kind of ESG credentials. So I think that's important. Um, And I think in terms of the past year as well, um, there's a growing realization that this has to happen quite quickly. So you're Mm -hmm. seeing some quite kind of useful, aggressive targets made and people having to adhere to them. So I think that from a perspective of corporates generally, um, there's been a market shift and it's been a positive one. Um, So good thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then just a little bit about the pandemic, because I couldn't really not bring it up um, because some of my greatest results last year um, from our portfolios, and I'm sure you found the same, was from ethical investing. And that's not to say that future returns, um, you know, past performance is a dictation of future returns. But um, why do you think that is? I think why that is, is because ultimately a lot of this space is got very fast growth and very strong growth um, relative to the wider market. And if you're in a situation where the economy isn't really growing very much or is um, going backwards, um, the investing in a company with that kind of growth um, trajectory um, is generally a a good thing and and investors kind of want that. So, um, and I think the second bit of that is probably while kind of short-term markets can do all kinds of things and economies can do all that kind of things, I think people can see that the trend is very much in place, that we are going to move towards cleaner energy. We are going to move towards um, less meat consumption. We are going to move towards making sure kind of water infrastructure is better. Um, And we are going to move towards kind of having better healthcare for people. So I think those trends and the companies that are involved in making those trends a reality, um, we think are just clearly going to be in place for the long term. And I think there's an investor community that have really kind of embraced that and understand it. Amazing. And so do you think that in terms of impact, do you think, um, what do you think has been the greatest impact over the last five years for ethical investing? Or do you think that's happened more in the last year, the way that you've described um, already? I think it's been happening since 2015, actually. I think you had some very serious kind of commitments from the UN, actually, on in this space. Mm-hmm. They put, put in place, they're called the 17 UN Sustainable Development Goals. Um, and clearly governments and corporates kind of committed to try and achieve those. And whether they will or they won't is, an, is another matter. But I think ultimately you've got a framework really that this um, climate transition really has to happen and that there's going to be companies that are going to need to help bring that about. So, yeah, I think that the, the pandemic has definitely kind of accelerated it, but it's a trend that's been in place for quite a while and still has a long, long way to, to go to, to be achieved. So do you think that if people are investing ethically, so um, let's just say we've got people that don't normally invest, maybe not invested before, or possibly have a portfolio, but not even really even considered ethically investing because they don't know very much about it, but it sounds really interesting to them and actually would possibly make them more engaged with their investment decisions because of it. Um, do you think that by having more people ethically investing that that could change the world? Yeah, it could. It really could. And I think that you've seen that happen um, by just the investor class 
changing a little bit over the past year and putting a lot of pressure on companies to behave in different ways. Um, if you think about the, the big oil company over the summer, had a lot of pressure from climate activists about doing more renewable energy and was supported by a lot of big investors out there um, to make sure that happened. So I think you have ultimately seen a group of people that really want change to happen um, and a group of companies actually who either want to do it or the people that are buying their shares want them to do it. So that pressure isn't going to go anywhere uh, and we think it's only going to intensify. Amazing. So just before you go today, um, you're head of environmental social governance. So yeah. let's just talk about environmental and social and governance. So we can just explain to people what that actually means. I think we could probably figure out environmental, but yeah. we can guess what that is. But I'd love you to explain what that might mean in your business I'll, and the types I'll, of things you're doing. I'll, yeah, I'll try it quite simply. So environmental, clearly anything that's kind of helping the planet. Um, social anything that's helping people. So think about areas like education, healthcare, even kind of data privacy. So there's a lot of areas in that kind of social space um, that needs to happen. Um, and governance really is about how you're looked after as a shareholder. So if you buy shares in a company, how well protected are you? Um, and does, does the board run that company for you um, in a um, sensible and um, transparent manner. So all of those three um, factors are important um, and, and that is ultimately what we look for. Can we find companies that are environmentally progressive, um, socially important um, and are governed well for their people that are investing in them? Amazing. And one last little wild card, I guess. Well, obviously, a lot of the people that listen to my podcast are women. Um, what kind of ways are you seeing um, that whole sort of um, women's wealth gap, women's at boardroom level have an impact when it comes to ethical investing? Obviously, there's certain governances that are in, in place at, at corporate level. But are you seeing anything, anything major in the last year? Yeah, I'm seeing a growing kind of um, and the evidence is all there, right? So if you look at the kind of um, fund manager performance, actually, there is a, a much higher percentage of top performing fund managers who are women than men. So there are way Amazing. more male fund managers. But if you're looking at the performance, actually, um, uh, and so you've got a situation where women are clearly underrepresented by the fund management industry, but the ones who are involved are doing very, very well indeed. So um, ultimately, there's a diversity problem within fund management, mm. and it needs to be solved. And if not only for kind of um, moral reasons, but it needs mm. to be solved so people do better in terms of what they're investing in, because just yeah. ultimately girls are good at this um yeah <laughs> there's a report um, from the u.s actually recently that that yeah that we're that we're, we're better at it do you think that's because they're they're more eth ethically minded but i don't mean that's just that sounds really terrible that i'm no, suggesting I, I that I don't, I don't i don't think they're more ethically minded i don't think there's a particular gender reason for for, for any of this actually but um but, but yeah ultimately look it's just a, it's just a sign that ultimately we've got a very unrepresentative um, yeah. gender imbalance within finance that it needs to be yeah. addressed and it and it will be addressed over time so yeah it's yeah. definitely something I can, to look I, can, at. I can definitely see shifts happening um like generally over the last 12 months in that regard um but yes it's still it's still an issue for financial advisors as well like 80 I think it's 86 percent of financial advisors are male 
Um, but there we go. That's that, hopefully we can make strives yeah. to make a difference to support Let's more women so. into the industry. Um, it was loved having you here today. I'm sure you're a very Thank busy you for, man. Thank you so much for your time. No, it's a pleasure to. Thanks a lot for listening to me. No, I love it. As always, always learn something new. So thanks again. And that's Patrick um, Thomas, who is head of environmental social governance investing at Can Accord. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Cheers, Rebecca. So thank you so much for joining us today. And if you want to come and check out one of my ethical investing webinars, then come and find out when my next one is available um, by the links via my website or the link below. And I'd love to see you to come and find out more about how you can invest ethically. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Accelerate Your Wealth. If you'd like to take the steps to accelerate your wealth further, perhaps owning it more or maximizing it to its full potential, please do head over to our free Facebook group, The Money Mastery Collective, where we post regular updates on tips to maximize your wealth and also support you along the way. We'd love to see you there.